Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday, folks. It's me, Paul Ross, and you, my friends, are listening to the TalkSport Daily Podcast. On today's edition, you'll hear the fallout from the first weekend in nine months, nine whole months. We saw fans in stadiums right across the country. Man United beat West Ham, and yep, you guessed it, thanks to VAR. Liverpool spanked Wolves at Anfield to go joint top of the Premier League, a result for them. But we kick things off with a reaction to the North London derby, as Tottenham claimed the bragging rights over neighbours Arsenal, thanks to a 2-0 win at home, a scorcher from Son, and then a fantastic goal from Harry Kane. We'll hear from Darren Bent, as well as Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta. But first up, it's the special one. It's Jose Mourinho. Show some respect, you. He charged down the left and unleashed the most beautiful curling right-footed shot into the far corner. Absolutely nothing Burnt Leno could do with that. We won the, the derby. We stay top of the league. The team played amazing in different ways from different periods of the game, but the team was was amazing. Tottenham leading by two goals to nil. Arsenal, as Perry said, defence all over the place, heads all over the place. I don't know how they come back from this. I'm not quite sure what drastically could change quickly. I know with January coming up, I think he can put Ozil back into the squad, can't he, in January. I think he's going to have to do that. But I think, Cricket, you said it earlier, and he, he, you're right. If something's gone on there or there's kind of some kind of agenda, I think the Arsenal fans need to hear it. Because I think at first, when you're winning trophies, when you win the FA Cup and the team's playing really well, the fans are like, yeah, it was the right decision. Lee Verzel, he's obviously the problem. But when you get situations like right now where they're not really creating too much and not scoring any goals, that's when the people will start to go, well, hold on a second here. We have got a player that is can create opportunities. He is a, he's a World Cup winner. He's very, very good. Why is he not being used? We were very dominant. We tried to do all the right things. But we like the same thing. We didn't put the ball in the net. They scored a wonder goal, the first one and the second one. Yeah, Thomas has to come off on that moment. He cannot contribute on that situation, and uh, and we concede the second one. I think the reaction of the team is top draw. You generate a lot of situations against a team that doesn't want to do anything apart of defending, and you lose the game. We knew how we could hurt them. We did that, and then after that, we had to face a very difficult team, a very good team, lots of good players. Just the momentum is not good for them, but they are a very good team. You're still a pony in this title race? A pony, but a happy pony. Staying with Sunday's football, Liverpool defeated Wolves 4-0 in front of 2,000 supporters at Anfield and rejoined the Spurs at the top of the Premier League. We'll hear from Wolves manager Nuno Espirito Santo, but first, this is a delighted Reds boss, Jurgen Klopp. 
This Liverpool side is simply sensational at times and we've just seen one of those jaw-dropping goals. It was Gini Wijnaldum got to the 18-yard box and then a delightful curling shot into the top right corner of Rui Patricio's goal. We got minute by minute better and better, to be honest. We controlled the game more, we, we played in the spaces, they they didn't want us to play and the boys were... But just was just a good game. I can imagine that Nuno is not happy with his performance, but a big part was our performance tonight. 65 home games unbeaten it will be once this has got to full time. It's 4-0 against Wolves. Few would have expected this scoreline. And there was a moment that we abandoned the game and this cannot happen. I think everybody felt it. The team started to to have too many spaces between the players. You, you allow them space and them to do their offensive situations. You are in trouble because they have quality and talent. And as we all know, fans return to grounds in English football for the first weekend, the very first weekend since way back in March, which seems like a lifetime ago now. You'll hear from the great and the good across the TalkSport network from our game day coverage, and we start with Sam Matterface at the London Stadium. I'm forever blowing bubbles. And over on the far side, I can see people standing up, arms outstretched, flags waving. Football's got its voice back. You get the sense that the spectators can't wait for the action to get underway. The roar of a crowd, haven't we all missed it so much? We're football fans too here on TalkSport 2. We know how much you've missed it. Well, fans are back and we're underway at the Medeski Stadium. Today across the country, at clubs fortunate enough to get supporters back the first step, a step towards normality in our game, the first step towards our game, getting its soul back. Boy, does that sound good. I think the crowd were great and they got really behind us, but I think the players played really well and I hope that they enjoyed it. Troy Deeney leads out the Watford players as they run out onto the pitch. No purposeful striding onto the pitch. And Troy leads the players straight to the rookery end away to our left to take the acclaim of fans back inside football stadium. What a fantastic feeling it is for us to be here, Perry. Make the hairs on the back of my, I haven't on my head, but the back of my neck stand up because we're football fans, Dan, aren't we? Like, we've, we're feeling excitement and the energy of the fans. Watford players just done sort of a mini lap of honour before the game. Let's hope that they can be able to do a lap of honour after the game. We've played without fans in the stadiums for so long. It was a breath of fresh air to see them back and all of the boys absolutely loved it. It gave us an extra buzz coming into the game, kept us going. Meanwhile, Millwall say they are dismayed and saddened after some fans booed players taking the knee before Saturday's championship clash with Derby. The incident at the Den was heard live on TalkSport with presenters condemning the actions of some supporters. You will hear from Millwall manager Gary Rowett, Rams boss Wayne Rooney, Andy Cole, Tony Cascarino, who spent three years, of course, as a player at the Den, kick it out to Troy Townsend, as well as Natalie Sawyer and Gabby Agbon Lahore. But first, this is how the incident unfolded with Chris Oalumo and Adrian Durham on Game Day Live. 
as we prepare to get ourselves underway. They're going to have to wait that little bit longer because, as we now know, customary up and down the lands that respects are paid. And they take the knee. Adverse reaction from the Millwall fans. Wow. That is not good at all. Questions will be asked about that for sure. That's an absolute shocker. Like you say, they've been away from football for far too long and you'd have thought maybe maybe the positive side of it, you know, come and support exactly what the players are, are, are doing, this this initiative. Uh, so that is very disappointing. Everyone, certainly at Derby County, um, have, have been in full support of, of taking the knee. So it was quite surprising and I'm sure for, for our players it, it could have been difficult um, to hear that. Disappointing afternoon in many ways. I think that, you know, the club, you know, there's, there's so many positive things that the club do in terms of anti-discrimination and in terms of anti-racism. You know, I think the club have been one of the, the clubs at the forefront of trying to push some of those initiatives and some of that work and trying to, to change things positively. So, of, of course, I'm disappointed that we're, we're not talking about the game in this circumstance. It's Embarrassing. I mean, I, uh, you know, my dad was born in Elephant and Castle. Um, a lot of South London has been a big part of my life. Uh, being around the football club, who I know many people who work at the club and have had many challenges over the years, whether it's hooliganism or whether it's racial issues. Uh, it's very difficult. It's embarrassing to speak about it. And we're in 2020, nearly going into 2021. You sort of think... If you were a black footballer, you wouldn't want to play for me, would you? I'd say to my agent, that's me done. I'm not playing for the next month, January the 1st. It's sorted out with the club, I'm gone. Simple as that. Because that today for me was shocking. To think that you can't, if these fans that we're booing, if they don't believe in why we, we, we're taking the knee, then just don't say a thing. It, it sums a lot of things up though, doesn't it? You know, to know that the fight has been so hard and difficult, but yet they still want to continue this nonsense. Up until your own players are like saying that this this can't continue. It's poor. It's poor practice. There are players out on that pitch that are having to deal with racism every day, every day. Yeah. That I will never understand because I am not a black person. For example, I, I I will never understand what they go through. But they have every right to be doing what they're doing. It's not a political message that they're doing. Yeah. This is a social issue that they are highlighting, and it is something that we are, have to continue to highlight until it is equality for all. They've shown their app absolute ignorance at a very vital time for the football club, for the opposition and for football's fight against you know, racial injustice in general, you know. And anyone that can't understand what the players are trying to achieve here maybe shouldn't be in a football ground anyway, if you want me to be totally honest. Also on game day, Manchester United beat West Ham, but it wasn't without controversy after one of United's goals could, no should, have been ruled out after the ball appeared to go out of play. We'll hear from Oli Gunny-Soljar, but first, this is a rather unhappy Hammers boss, David Moyes. Fernandez edge of the D, it's Pogba, left-footed strike, oh, what a goal from Paul Pogba, it's brilliant, it's absolutely sensational, that equaliser from Paul Pogba, on the edge of the D, set back to him beautifully. The ball was over my head, I was on, I was probably in the best position of MD, I was in the, uh, on the touchline, the ball was over my head and out. Andre Mariner is letting the VAR, Lee Mason, get on with it, back at base, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is sweating nervously on the touchline. Have they even got a camera for that? I mean, you'd have to to have you'd one have above have a, the ball exactly you'd have to have a a, 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 a a camera perpendicular to the byline on the near side to see it definitively I think and I think you see the reaction of the players who are all sort of turning away we've nearly turned off completely 
we were amazed that he didn't put his flag up for, for the ball being out of play. The goalkeeper's come out a long way and he's chipped it over the top of Fabianski and it's beyond him and into the net. Marcus Rashford has completed a wonderful turnaround for Manchester United here. You must wonder why every week when you don't do well at home, people are battering you and then away from home, you go and you win nine in a row. I mean, and <laughs> you make it look, you, you know, that's, that's a run that hasn't happened for nearly 30 years. Can't wait to get the 75,000 people uh, back in the stadium to help us win at home. Uh, you know, the performances, they haven't been that bad at home, you know. We'll get to... Uh, to home wins later on hopefully for the next weekend because it's the Manchester derby Leicester beat Sheffield United thanks to a late winner from Jamie Vardy at Bramall Lane we'll hear from a disgruntled Blades boss Chris Wilde but first up this is Man United legend Andrew Cole heaping praise on the former England striker just as stoppage time started through the eye of a needle, a ball that played him clear. His finish was impeccable, unerring to the left of the keeper. Vardy, for me, he's getting better with age. You know, he, he knows his strength. Leicester knows his strength, and that's exactly what they play to. You know, I, I still I love his rawness. You know, he's like, I've played non-league football, and this means so much to me to play at this level. So every game is my last game, so to speak. You know, and I want to give everything I've got. And I, I watch him, I watch him score goals and, you know, I watch him make the same runs and that. And everything he does is with intensity. You know, and that's why I like Vardy because he knows where he's come from. He knows how difficult he's been, his journey. But if you look at him playing, any, any young kid aspiring to be a professional footballer, have a look at him, the way he plays. You know, he knows what his strengths are. He's prepared to play to his strengths week in, week out and do the right things. Who is he like? Uh, oh, I, I could say me. But then I, I could say many others as well. But like I said, when, when he gets in there... He usually finishes really well. Uh, he gets in there just like the goal today. He opens himself up. I think the goalkeeper's given him a little bit too much, but he, he stroked it home with great aplomb, confidence. I believe I can do it. And like I said, I, I really do him watching him. I enjoy watching him. I enjoy when he gets in those positions, how eyes cool ears. Leicester go third in the Premier League. Sheffield United rooted to the bottom. Sheffield United one, Leicester City two. People say that we don't look as if we're a, a team that's pulling in different directions. I don't think we are. I don't get that f- sense and feel. And through my own eyes, looking at us, looking at us last week, looking at us the week before, looking at us for the for, for as I keep saying for the majority of the season, apart from possibly ten or fifteen minutes where Chelsea overran us late on, which they can do to anybody. And I'm not sort of pushing it on to players, but if they do want to stay in this division, if they do want to be Premier League players, then they've got to make better decisions, regardless at the top of the league or the mid-table or, or at the bottom. Back to game day. And after Burnley and Everton played out a 1-1 draw on TalkSport, it was Hammers Rodriguez who drew the attention of pundits Trevor Sinclair and Gabby Abonahor. We'll start off with Gabby on the Sports Bar weekender, claiming that the Colombian has been found out. It's got cold, hasn't it? He's probably, he's, yeah, he's got cold. And he's right. probably thinking, oh, okay, I didn't know it was this cold in England. Like, do you know what I mean? He's not getting his time on the ball that he was getting in the first few games. Do you know what I mean? And he's, I think he's getting a bit found out, Yamas, to be honest, because he's not he's not really offering a team as much as um, he should be. And I think if Everton had a, a few more quality players on the bench, I'm sure Yamas wouldn't be starting because he's not really done much in the last three, four games. Calvert-Lewin and Richardson need a bit more help from someone else. You look at Calvert-Lewin, he had one chance today and he scored one goal. 
if you produce more chances for him, he's going to score goals and that'll equate into Everton winning more games. So they need to get more out of James Rodriguez. They need to create more opportunities for Calvert-Lewin. I thought Richardson was quite productive down yeah. that left-hand side. Yeah. His end product wasn't as good as it could have been. But yeah, there's some positives to take for Carlo Ancelotti. But again, goalkeeping errors from Pickford. His distribution wasn't good enough. And that back three certainly is a no-no in the future. And we finish with Danny Kelly's always brilliant Trans-Europe Express with Kev Hatchard and Lars Sivertson looking back at the weekend's football sur le continent. Manchester United faced the possibility of beating Paris in Paris, stuffing Leipzig 5-0 and still going out before the last 16, which would be a monumental setback. I think tactically this is set up well for United. Uh, they're a team who like to counter-attack and yeah. uh, RB Leipzig like to push up and they do leave quite a lot of space in behind and they need to win the game. So I think tactically the matchup works out well for United. But a word of caution, I mean, if you've only really seen RB Leipzig in that game at Old Traffic, I mean, exactly. that's one of their worst performances in recent years. So they'll be a completely different team. But I do think that the tactical circumstances favour United a little bit just because how dangerous they are on the counter. And a massive moment for RB Leipzig. They lead Atletico Madrid by two goals to one. It's a huge game for Leipzig because they did so well to reach the semi-finals last season. I think that win over Atletico Madrid in the quarters was a watershed moment for the club because I think they genuinely are at the stage now. And they're always going to have to be at this stage with a guy like Nagelsmann at the helm where... Just being contenders is no longer good enough. They want to push on. They want to be pushing for trophies. They want to be pushing hard in the title race. They want to get to the last 16 in the Champions League as a minimum. So he's ambitious. The club is ambitious. If they were to fail to reach the last 16 of the Champions League, that would be seen as a massive setback. Thanks for listening, and don't forget you can download this podcast and future ones via Acast, Spotify, and Apple Pods. There'll be another one of these TalkSport Daily Poddies out first thing in the morning. I'm back on Extra Time for 1am live on TalkSport and Talk Radio. Until then, be safe, everyone. Be safe. A pony, but a happy pony. That was a podcast from TalkSport. 